Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast, where you can learn how to launch your full-time career in this part-time gig economy. No matter what career you're in, you have the potential to be the best version of you and overcome whatever obstacles stand in your way. And now, here's your host, the CEO of Bonvera, Bob Dickey. Welcome back to Taking the Leap podcast. I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and I'm super excited about this couple that we get to interview today. Joe and Laura Darkangelo have been personal uh, friends of mine for many, many years. Uh, I, I was born and raised in the great state of Michigan, and Joe and Laura were uh, born and raised in the great state of Michigan as well. And uh, we, we became friends uh, many, many years ago back uh, when, when we were both living there. Uh, I've subsequently moved on, but Joe and Laura, you guys are, are, are still there in Michigan, but you do a lot of traveling all over the country. And one of the things I love about this couple is they have an entrepreneurial background and we're going to tease out a whole bunch of things that we, uh, that they've learned uh, on your entrepreneurial journey. So Joe, you uh, back in the day had a lot of opportunity in front of you had the opportunity but actually went into uh the pizzeria business were owned and operated 17 different pizzerias around uh, michigan you were also in a uh, a big food distributor business so you've had the entrepreneurial experience but also corporate america experience Laura, during this time frame, uh, you're working for Northwest Airlines. You guys now have two adult children, so you're raising a family at the exact same time. And um, you know, as I as I know a little bit about your background, Joe and Laura, you said that there were weeks we were working a hundred plus hours a week, uh, stressed out, uh, trying to raise a family. And at, when, when it was all said and done, you're like, I don't know if we can continue on like this. You were worried about your health. And you guys decided that you wanted to take a different, you make a leap. So very appropriate that you're on Taking the Leap podcast, but you made a leap to do something different in entrepreneurship. You wanted to go do something that was going to scale uh, your income opportunities, but also at the same time, not scale the stress, not scale the work hours and all those types of things. So really looking forward to diving into some of that. But uh, Joe, maybe if I could start out with you, what was it about entrepreneurship that drew you to that? That line of work early in your career? Because I mean, you had a whole host of opportunities, but that was something that you were really uh, motivated to jump into. Yeah, for sure. First of all, Bob, thanks for uh, having us on. This is I love this podcast. We've been listening to it now for many, many months, and uh, we're honored to be part of this for sure. So um, entrepreneurship, craziest thing in the world, right? I, my first job I ever got was at an ice cream place. And this ice cream place, I was back then making $2.50 an hour, and my best friend, Frank, I was in the 10th grade, gets me this job. But I fell in love with his mom and dad. His mom and dad were owners of this ice cream place. I learned right then and there that entrepreneurship was cool. I thought it was cool, right? Because I learned so much from them as we started getting older and we you know, managed the ice cream place a little bit. I, I wasn't ever Taught, uh, felt like I was an employee. Mm -hmm. So I learned entrepreneurship there. Then through the story I'm sure we'll get through, I went to LaPerry Foods, worked at LaPerry Foods, and I was in corporate America. And that corporate America was just a whole different animal. Then I always uh, thought, you know, uh, I'm working for somebody, making good money, but I always remembered back to that family that mm -hmm. I learned so much. I really consider, well, Mr. Tormina, the mm -hmm. first, uh, my first ever mentor that I ever had. And so, um, so I was in ice cream business. So before La Perry, I got I would get hired at La Perry Foods, and I'm in corporate America. I have employees, but still was working for somebody. Still working a ton of hours, and I had an opportunity to get in the pizza business with the Tormina family. Mm. So that was kind of cool. So here I had this opportunity to be in business with uh, a buddy of mine, that good friend of mine in high school. His brother was the first owner of Tormina's Pizza. So he owned a store. Okay. Then Laura, and I, then I bought a, the, the second store, and I was still working at LaPerry Foods. Then we ended up franchising those things out to 17 stores. Oh, my goodness. Learning all from, yeah. uh, from the family, right? Yeah. So, and I learned more from being in the business, being a pizza business, uh, than working in corporate America. It was just a different animal. Then when I saw an opportunity like this, it just changed everything for us. So, um, uh, you know, being free, being able to do what you want to do, but there's a lot more stress that comes with owning your own business. Yeah, our first pizzeria. It's a different kind of stress, right? Oh, mama mia, it's totally different, right? Because you have, um, you know, first of all, I had stress of numbers at La Prairie Foods because mm -hmm. I was a manager there. Then the uh, stress of your numbers and your bank account, paying people at mm -hmm. the pizzerias, that's a whole nother animal. 
So uh, there was good stress, but I felt like I was do everything I was doing was for me and my family, mm -hmm. right? So uh, we learned a ton. So we un understood that being an entrepreneur was the way to go. And I'm just not a real good employee. You know, I, I try to be, but I've learned so much over the years to try to be the best entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, so uh, we love being entrepreneurs. It's the freedom to be able to do what you want when you want. But... Uh, you still you can make choices, but I love making the choices to make difference in, in the world and in other people. When you were at La Perry, I mean, you you were a boss, right? So you were, you're leading people, but you also had a boss. And it seems to me that uh, folks that I've chatted with that really enjoy the entrepreneurial journey really relish the idea of. The, the buck stops with them. They're the boss, right? And, and it's a, there's a stress. It's not like it's a non-stress environment. Entre the entrepreneurial journey has stress, but it's a different kind of stress. And I think one of the things that I see is that people are a little bit relieved that at the end of the day, their fate's not in somebody else's hands. They have agency to make decisions. Whereas when you're stuck in a corporate America job, it's like your, your ability or your agency to make decisions is very narrow, a small bandwidth, and so much is outside of your control. So could you talk a little bit about that? Did you see it's like, so you're working at La Perry and are you, are you looking back and seeing what your friend had the ice cream shop was like, man, he, he's his own boss. He can make his own decisions. Yes. A lot of stress, but it's just different. What, what was the, 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 what was going through your mind when you were like, you know what, I think I want to jump back out of corporate America into an entrepreneurial job? Well, the, the, the funny thing is I started as a salesperson mm -hmm. at La Perry Foods, so I was dealing with business owners all the time. So I was dealing with entrepreneurs all the time. Oh, so okay. I, I kind of saw what they were doing and, and uh, loved being in business for themselves. Then as I worked up the management at La Perry, what happened is I found out I'm dealing directly with the owners, directly with um, up to the, the VPs. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, a lot of things weren't out of my control, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? And I just remember like taking vacations when I was told I could take vacations, firing people when I was told told I had to fire people, hiring people, when, all those things that were out of my control. So after you know knowing all these folks I did business with, uh, that's what encouraged me to like listen. That you can you can take care of yourself, you can help other people, and not have to stay in that corporate America. Now, corporate America is I mean I had a great career there. Right. But um, my health wasn't, like you said, my health was not good to stress. I mean, I would get home late Friday nights and mandatory dinners and, and uh, meetings late yeah. through the week, all these things that would happen. That, um, but So I learned that entrepreneurship, the people are dealing with, that's what I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted the freedom. But then going, when you start your own business, you get into the pizzerias. There's other stress, but still it's a rewarding thing. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's like I've done the, I've, right. I'm, I'm working toward my goals and dreams Your and everything. Baby. Yep. My own baby. Yes, it was. It, well, it, it sounds like very few people have that position that, like you had when you were in corporate America. Some people are just on the corporate America track, and that's all they see. But you're on the corporate America track, but every single day your job was interfacing with business owners, working with business owners. And so you've got this dichotomy of seeing their lifestyle, seeing what they're doing. Um, how they're managing stress or whatever, and then being, but you're in the corporate America environment. So it's like you're toggling back and forth between these two different maybe worldviews or uh, lifestyles. Uh, was that difficult? Yeah, Bob, it was real difficult. One story I can, I just thought of, I haven't uh, thought, even thought about this in a while, is that the gentleman that got me the interview mm -hmm. at La Perry Foods was a nephew of the owner. So we'll call him Jimmy. That's okay. his name, Jimmy, right? right? So Jimmy was a salesman. He got me the interview at La Perry. I got hired, kind of moved up the ladder where I was now Jimmy's boss. Mm -hmm. Now, Jimmy was the nephew of the founder and owner of La Perry Foods. Okay. So uh, I was told here a couple years into this, uh, when I was his uh, supervisor, that I needed to let him go. Now, think about this. I the owner of the company, which is the uncle of the person I'm letting, I had to let this gentleman go. So I'm thinking to myself, if if Jimmy is not has a secured position, an Italian-owned, Italian-run. This is his family. This is his family. This is like a mafia hit. They're telling you to go in there and be like, hey, take him out. Take take Jimmy out. I was doing everything but rolling him up in the carpeting, man. <laughs> <laughs> so here I'm thinking, if I'm firing the owner's nephew, what could happen to me yeah. down the road? And that's where I just I just felt like I was never, I wasn't in control of my own destiny. Wow, that that is a that had to have been a huge wake up call. Sure. Now, Laura, for you, you're you know, you're in the midst of all this. You're a mom. You're raising kids. 
you're watching your husband uh, work 100 plus hour weeks. You're also in corporate America. You're working with Northwest Airlines. I remember flying in and out of Detroit all the time. Northwest Airlines was the big hub until Delta Bottom, right? And that was a, a great company, great job. What was your... Uh, what were you seeing and what were you sensing? How, what was your experience in corporate America? Because when uh, you guys both took this leap together, it wasn't just your husband taking a leap. You guys did this together. So what's going through your mind? Well, it, initially, I wasn't working. When the mm -hmm. kids were babies, I wanted my, my goal was to be a stay-at-home mm -hmm. mom. But then we, the pizzeria started ramping up, and Joe was busy and, and doing both at La Perry and at the pizzerias, he was gone all the time. He would, you know, never, it, we, it would be me and the kids, and mm -hmm. he would, I say all the time, he'd come home, he'd maybe carve a little bit of time out for dinner if, if, if that was even possible, and then he'd be on the phone with accounts or traveling mm -hmm. every week. So it was really just myself and the kids. And when they got to about three and five years old, I knew that they were going into school, and I thought the answer to my husband being gone all the time, I, I needed purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought that purpose would be a job. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend that said, why don't you just apply at Northwest? They're, they're, they rarely hire, but they have this big hiring group in, and you can work part-time, you can set your own hours, and the best thing about it is you get free flight benefits. So I thought, great, I'll get this job. I don't have to put that much effort mm -hmm. into it. It'll be something just for me and my family. We can travel all over the world. And so I got hired. I did work part-time. I, wor I, I worked at night so that we didn't have to get daycare because mm -hmm. that was a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. And um, so Joe and I sort of switched, switched on and off with the kids. But what I found relatively quickly found out was that you are tethered to this job. So they, you know, they promise all of these great perks and these benefits, but just like any job, it's a job. So once you get in there, I would work, I had to work, you know, crazy hours. I didn't have weekends. I didn't have holidays. Like we couldn't travel on any of the, the days that were, uh, you know, like peak days or right, something? Right, like peak days, summer, when the kids were out of school, you know, any of the times that you would normally travel, we could, and we had to tra travel standby. And interestingly enough, we got uh, introduced into the entrepreneurial world shortly before I left uh, Northwest. However, I worked there during 9-11. Oh, wow. I actually was getting ready for work that day and saw what was going on and went in early. And it was eerily quiet. You know, there, the I thought for sure the phones would be ringing off the hook and people would be just manic. And it wasn't. It was just a, a just a eerie silence. And um, it is sort of like later on that day when the shock started wearing off and people started figuring mm. out they were stranded everywhere, we got nuts. But it was shortly after that that my office, the Detroit office for Northwest Airlines, mm -hmm. came in and said, in fact, I had just given my notice because I just knew that it yeah. just wasn't what I wanted anymore. Yeah. We had taken, you know, the entrepreneurial leap at the time and I just my I had grown out of it. Mm -hmm. And right after I left, a month after I left, they closed that office and told all the employees, you either have to relocate to a different city to keep your job or to the airport, which the, you know, the positions were not really available mm -hmm. there, or sorry, yeah. you know, you no longer have a job. So it's funny how God works, right? Mm -hmm. You just don't see, obviously, you don't see the big picture. But for us, it worked out where I, I was able to thankfully leave that um, right before all of that happened. So wow. I went there thinking that it was going to give me a purpose. I realized very shortly after I started that that definitely wasn't the purpose that I wanted and that the perks definitely didn't outweigh the fact that it was still mm -hmm. corporate America, still having a boss, still being told when I could, you know, come home and be with my family and when I could tuck my kids into bed and when I could, you know, enjoy a family holiday or anything. So... Yeah. The craziest part, Bob, is that you're looking back at and you hear the story, and we've told the story before. But we had all these pizzerias, and uh, and she w w she could have worked in any of our pizzerias, but going like doing something for herself that right. was the big deal, right? But I was just thinking, I remember getting upset, like we're paying more in taxes yeah. than you're making there, right? Like, all right, what are we <laughs> but doing here? We had here? flight benefits. Well, we had flight benefits, <laughs> but fly for free. Except you could you could fly like two a.m. Yeah. on a Saturday morning or something, right? Oh yeah, we've spent the night. Our kids would be sleeping. On the the airport chairs because we wouldn't be able to get on on this do standby. So we've had a few of those incidences where we thought, what are we doing? We can just buy 
airline tickets. Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. But through this whole thing, like with all the pizzerias and corporate America, our, I don't think our marriage was perfect. Otherwise, that I, I always tell people, I think she went to work to get away from me a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. working 100 plus hours a week, and there's a lot of things we could have done with mm-hmm. our own business. But the stress of all those physical pizzerias, the stress of corporate America together. I'm sure I wasn't, uh, what I wanted was freedom to have time together, not to keep on. So mm-hmm. I look back at them thinking that's, it's so funny that you're working at Northwest Airlines for that short of time, but we actually, we sold it as, not since they sold it, but we, we justified it as getting all these free flight benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably right. It was, uh, we had no purpose. We had no life plan. We were just living in the moment. Mm -hmm. So we were just grabbing whatever seemed right at the time. Mm -hmm. We never at that point sat down and looked at our future and you know, even considered if we were both on the same page or mm-hmm. what that page looked like or what we were running for. It was just, we had gotten to the point. I remember when Joe, when we met, one of the first things Joe said when once we got serious and knew we were going to be married is, I want to be out of a job by 40. I want to be retired and traveling and I want to, you know, have, have the lifestyle that we are able to do whatever mm-hmm. we want to do. We're not going to be tied to a house, not tied to a state by 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So he was always a big dreamer, always had that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit. But we had realized by that point, by the time I started at Northwest, that we were just spinning plates. We just had no focus. We had we weren't mentoring. We weren't mm-hmm. doing anything but just living, you know, today. Mm-hmm. How Chasing are we going to get through That's today? Chasing doing, a right? dollar, living for somebody else's goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. And we just felt like we were stuck in this rut and we weren't sure how to, you know, get out of it. What's really interesting, something you just brought up a second ago, Joe, is uh, you said we were justifying it. We, we, we justified what we were doing. And it's like, and I, I, one of the things that I've seen so often in life is that people will either find themselves in a situation and instead of trying to figure their way out, they justify. It's like, well, I'm here because of this, or I can't do this because of that. They, there, there's excuses, right? So you, we can create excuses in our life to stay where we're at and not move on. We can also create excuses or justifications in our life to do something that, you know, actually may not make sense, but, but, but we justify it. Can you speak a little bit to because? When you guys started to make this decision, it sounds like you sat down and started making a plan. And like, you know what? We want, I want something different. We want something different. And you weren't using the same justifications that you did in the past. And you almost like you rewrote the game plan for your life. And it, 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 explain that a little bit to me. Well, it's interesting because. You know, you justify things because you're trying to look good to everybody else, mm. right? And so we had the million dollar house, we had the cars that we wanted, you know, stuff like that. And we had the pizzerias and all of a sudden my wife's going to work at Northwest Airlines. And we we're justifying it with the free the mm-hmm. free um, airfare, right? But really what, like I said, was happening, I think we were just going uh, apart, right? And so um, back to your question about just, I guess I'm... Uh, you know, go ahead. Well, I think what, because uh, it hit me when you asked that yeah. question, like how do we stop justifying the choices we were making? Mm-hmm. And the, the only way we did is we started getting new information. So when we got started in the entrepreneurial world, mm-hmm. we started being introduced to different information, leadership development type information, goal setting, mentorship, um, just information that we had never thought of, looked at, had been introduced to. So that's really where it started changing our thinking, where we started realizing we are doing it all wrong. You know, we we did not think twice about having credit card debt. We did not think twice about, you know, living o- you know, over our, mm-hmm. our means just because we knew, I mean, that was what, so how what? You grew you just, up, you'll like pay that, off. Yeah. yeah, we'll pay it off. And so when we started hearing people that were respected and trusted saying, you know, you should why do you have credit card debt? You need to get those paid off. You needed to practice delayed gratification. And I thought at first, delayed gratification. Who, do, who does that? <laughs> I want this now. <laughs> I mean, we don't do delayed yeah, gratification. Yeah. I mean, if we want a car, we just go lease it. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. So it was very much a different thought process. And Joe adapted way earlier and quicker, thankfully, mm-hmm. than I did. But I think that is that, would you agree, is that kind of what changed our, yeah, our whole our, momentum? 
For sure. Our whole thinking and, and we used to worry about what everybody else thought, mm-hmm. but I now I had to justify what was good for me and my family mm-hmm. and right. my health not being good. The first time I ever saw entrepreneurship outside of the pizzerias, because yeah, that's entrepreneurship, but um, it's almost like having a job. You own a job, right? But I remember the first time seeing any kind of other opportunity, I had a heart monitor on. Mm-hmm. So I had this heart monitor on because my heart was anxiety. yeah anxiety, the stress and everything like that. So I was starting to justify my health for um you know because of all the things that was involved in but you know when you said when you when you have two little kids Mm -hmm. and as you know with them six beautiful children you have the you know we had two and they were little at the time Mm -hmm. and i realized i wasn't spending i'm not Mm -hmm. the the justification i'm using to just go chase after this dollar is Mm -hmm. not the right there's really not the right thing it's only because i started to listen to other people getting a little bit more mentorship get a little bit more personal we tried to personal develop uh really and then i understood what really justifying was all about i didn't i didn't have to be all that to other people man so I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally, it totally does. It's like so. It's new, new information uh, opened up new pathways and new opportunities for you. It, it, I, it makes me think about like an operating system, right? It's like we all know that an, an operating, the Android operating system is very different than an Apple operating system. And when you put a new operating system into a computer, all of a sudden there's all sorts of new functionalities and new things that can happen. And it's almost as if like. Um, in a technology sense, you were deleting an old operating system that had you on a particular path going in one direction, and you were downloading a new operating system that t- was taking you in a completely different direction. So can you speak to that a little bit in terms of education? Because it's, it's not like you, you know, I, I, it doesn't sound like you went to the University of Michigan and got some entrepreneurial degree, like, okay, now I'm ready. It was, it, you just made a decision and you started plugging in, getting uh, new information, and, and it, it radically changed the, the the direction of your life. Now, one, one of the things I know about you both is that you're avid readers, you're lifelong learners. Uh, anytime I you know get together and chat with you, Joe, and we you know uh, talk a couple times a week, we're always talking about the new book you're reading or the new this. You're constantly looking for information that you can leverage that helps you be better. You know, one and two percent gains anywhere within your life. Tell me, how, where did you get the insatiable appetite for knowledge, and how has that played in your entrepreneurial journey? Well, I I went to high school. I went then I went to Eastern Michigan University. I never graduated. I'm actually nine credits short of my bachelor's degree. And what happened was I got hired at LaPerry Foods. So I thought, again, justifying that I had this big job making good money, and I didn't think I ever had to read or learn anything ever again. You know, I was excited about. I was I was reading cheese manuals and salon. <laughs> and, and then I started learning about pizza. I remember reading the Pizza Today magazine we would get every month, and that was my reading. That's the only learning I did because that's what I was involved in. Until I partnered up with some other people in entrepreneurship, I started understanding that there's other uh, information that really made a difference. The biggest thing, Bob, is that it made a difference on the way I felt. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would go to corporate corporate meetings and feel little because mm-hmm. the owner would just ridicule me in front of all of our employees. It was just horrible, and I'm thinking, is this the way this is supposed to be? So I started doing the same thing to the people that, that worked on my team. Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized that that wasn't normal. That's not, I guess it might be normal, but it's not what I wanted. So as I'm around other people and, and, and they started, I noticed that the, uh, their marriages were better. I noticed that they were learning more. They were uh, reading. And I never read it. I remember when I first heard I should be reading more, I'd fall asleep. Yeah. You know, I'd, so uh, in one of my first... Uh, mentors outside of the pizza business that told me I should just sit down at the kitchen table and read. And so what I would do is sit down at the kitchen table and fall asleep at the table reading, right? So I I didn't like it at first, but I did notice that the more I read, the more I, I just, other people's stories, mm-hmm. I got excited. Mm-hmm. Then I realized that that helped my communication. It helped my attitude in life. And uh, But the key was to be around positive information. Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt that I learned, I've learned more being an entrepreneur than I ever could have in a four-year college. I'm mm-hmm. not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I've learned so much. I don't think I would ever learn this going through a, a, a master's degree anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think when we started, when Joe started reading, I mean, I've always loved to read, so that wasn't an issue for me. Some of the books that um, the couple that we started mentoring with that just started kind of leading us through this process, I didn't necessarily want to read those books. They weren't 
you know, interesting to me, the, you know, the facts and figures. But we did start, it's, I, I, one of the things when Joe was speaking that I remember specifically is when he started really reading and starting to enjoy the process, I remember you saying, I'm feeling like I'm on this island because he was still at La Perry Foods and he talked about his boss who would think nothing of just, you know, uh, just raging and that was his his form of motivating his sales force you know you didn't make a you didn't Joe would come home so defeated mm -hmm. and so beat up mm -hmm. by that you know if they didn't make a quota or, or whatever and he's I remember him saying I just I'm starting to feel like I'm on this island like I'm just not relatable anymore in that environment I is just it's not doing anything for me it's just it's setting me back so I that's when we started to see, I think, for you, the separation of, I, I can't do this for the next 20 years. I can't do that. I can't be part of that environment. I don't want to be it anymore. I don't want to motivate my kids like that. Or, um, you know, he just you just started falling in love with that, uh, the mentorship that we were receiving. And I, again, the, I guess the entrepreneurial leaders and, and how they were, gaining success but we liked the way that they were going about mm -hmm. doing it right? right the information that they were sharing and and teaching us and this and us growing up through that i remember one of the first books that i fell in love with and i oh, i still to this day anybody that decides that they want to you know take that leap get into entrepreneurship is um the dream giver mm. and that was one of the very first books that we were recommended. And I am telling you, it changed my thinking. Because when we started, I didn't necessarily love it. I thought, you know, again, we were still all about us and looking good. So I thought, you know, I I don't necessarily think we're this is our 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 thing you know we're we're kind of too sexy for this i mean we're already successful but then i was introduced to that book and i just love the analogy about you know an ordinary going out and having just a limited time being given this opportunity and in the the obstacles that he faces from loved ones to just all over i would recommend that book to anyone who is thinking about doing something different outside their comfort zone because i just think it does a great job of of just outlining all of the things that you're going to go through you got to have a, a thick skin right joe always has had a thick skin um, me not so much but i think that it really it it really I've never read anything like it. And so I realized, well, wait, it, maybe it's not just this little group of people that we're tied into. Maybe this is a lot bigger than us, which right. it turned out to be. You know, what's funny, Bob, is that Laura used to always read, and I never, I mean, not so much, right? But I'd always, if we got into a, I call it a debate, but say it's an argument, yeah. I would always lose. She had the words, man. <laughs> she just had every word. I couldn't, blah, 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 blah. I could, I, okay, well, uh -huh. there we go, right? But I realized she read a lot more than I did. Then I, when I realized that reading more and the people that were reading more, they're, uh, they were happier about their lives. They just had more of a purpose. It felt like there was more of a purpose, right? Uh, they, they, I liked being with those people. I loved being around a positive attitude. And I, they had really the same goals and values that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. That's why I fell into entrepreneurship and helping people really making a difference. Personal, personal development is good no matter what you do, whether mm -hmm. it's corporate America or as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I remember back a, a moment ago when you were talking about the, the, the boss that you had at LaPerry and how he would rage, and then you found yourself almost mimicking that exact same leadership style. And, if, and it's just interesting that in society, if you don't know any different and you are you know, in a system, right, and that's the operating system, you kind of start to take on those personality traits and all that type of stuff. And uh, I love the fact because, I mean, I would have – I mean – for me to picture you as a person who is raging and uh, treating people like that, it is just so 180 off of what I know about you. All of all of your friends, our friends, our mutual friends and peers uh, absolutely love you, Joe. And one of the things they love about you is that you're such an encourager. You're a person who's constantly lifting other people up and you're just fun to be with, right? And so it's just like, wow, Joe was in a system where he was actually duplicating some of those you know, uh, negative tendencies. I can't even imagine it, but it's, it's one of the things I love about the entrepreneurial journey is because once you step out of a, a, a corporate system like that, those types of personality traits are not gonna win in the open marketplace. You've gotta quickly, very quickly figure out 
How am I going to be able to lead? How am I going to be able to effectively communicate? How can I motivate people? How can I encourage people? And the better that you are in those categories, building teams and, and motivating and communicating, you're going to you be super successful, which is one of the things that you and Laura have been able to do. So uh, t- tell me a little bit about that. I mean, it w- w- was um, on, on your journey, it, w- was it hard to jettison some of those things? Or it sounds like you, you, you basically sprinted from it. You're like, I can't wait to get out of this culture. Well, it wasn't working in my community yeah. building. <laughs> that was the problem, right? I was trying to these tactics with employees that you're, you're, you're screaming at them and like they, they weren't they weren't it wasn't working. No, that's why you don't think Laura would work for me at the pizzeria. That's, right. <laughs> that's why I would. But no, I was just remembered one of his nicknames for people, and I could never get over that he could get away with calling people cockroaches. Listen, you cockroach, that would be what you cockroach. That thing. was his thing. I'm like, that is not nice. You shouldn't be calling people. I would call names. my employees cockroaches. Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously. like seriously, like listen, cockroach. And this is the way, yeah. And and they were just didn't know what to say. But I was their boss. Yeah. They had to listen to me. Yeah. You do that in building communities of people, or in a, what I call the real real world. Now that doesn't work. Oh yeah. Right. You know, they'll tell you to go pound sand and just quit. Right. Exactly. Folks that worked for me at LaPerry did it because I was their manager. They they had a, a living the the to have right. Uh, I found out in in being an entrepreneur out building communities of people, people will follow you if they know you, first of all, they love you and they trust you. Mm-hmm. And as a positional position I had, a uh, um, leadership position at La Perry, that wasn't like that. They had to, they had no other choice. So going transitioning into this, the only thing that saved me really was the learning. Mm-hmm. Books and the audios and the positive uh, people that were out there that kept me going. Just to, Think about it. There's really nothing wrong with being nice to somebody. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing wrong with uplifting people. There's negative motivation I don't think works anymore. I think it's all about positive motivation and what's in, what's in it for other people. Well, our world needs that desperately today. Desperately. So um, tell me about a thought leader that motivates and inspires you. Somebody that you've read, both of you guys, you know, maybe... Um, you know, I know, I know you're a reader of biographies, autobiographies. Is there a, you know, a sports hero or a politician or, um, you know, s- somebody that you've like, you know, th- this is a person that I really, um, that I've learned from, right? That you, you, you that inspires you. Well, for me, I don't have one person in particular, Bob. What I have is a lot of the the books that I'm reading now, mm-hmm. the stories and the entrepreneurships. I'm getting stories after stories, mm-hmm. whether it's a podcast that has had these. Uh, I like to take, because there's never been, I, I just really remember Mr. Tormina being my first mentor and someone mm-hmm. I really loved and wanted to follow, right? Then at LaPerry Foods, it was Mr. LaPerry, but that was the negative part of it. Then when I got into, uh, you know, into uh, building communities of people, it was all you guys that I'm around that I started following. But but what happened to me was there was never one person, but it was always the little bit of these stories of all these different companies, all the little different leadership traits, because I found that I'm never going to be able to be like one person. Mm-hmm. But if I could try to take the traits of a lot of great leaders and try to implement them in my life, because I know one thing, I'm different than everybody else, right. and everybody else is different than me, than you, my wife, uh, and, and everything like that. So That's I love brilliant. I, I love like reading stories like you suggested me in some podcasts that I just totally I told her, I just fell in love with these things. I've been searching for good information. I love hearing other companies' stories and success. Mm-hmm. You know the the str- dreams, the struggles, and the victories mm-hmm. that motivates me. Yeah. Laura, how about you? Any, yeah, any? the same. I love humor, though, so okay. I do love autobiographies. I feel I'm like funny. I'm, you are I'm funny. funny. <laughs> He's funny. Just don't call her a cockroach. <laughs> call me a cockroach. Um, I like Lisa Turkers. I, I love her like devotionals. I love Bob Goff I think he's mm, I really him. funny and I just learn from humor I always have I, you know and, and personal stories um, so yeah just like Joe I just I like real life like how did you get through those obstacles you know the dream struggle victory I just it really motivates me and, and so I, I tend to lean toward story mm-hmm. type books yeah. and autobiographies and um and like, like I just said, we just finished Bob Goff. Uh, uh, everyone, I read three of them. So I get his, uh, the, the dream ty- book. Uh, yeah, Dream Big and Love Does, mm-hmm. and he just cracks me up. We, we walk, and I just remember listening yeah. to it on audio and just nice. laughing all the time. But yeah, I would definitely recommend. I just read, 
I don't know if you, he, uh, Thomas Rhett, he's a country western singer. His okay. wife just wrote a book, and I it just fell in love with, she's younger. I okay. would recommend it to any uh, young women that may be considering you know, probably in that high school, college age that are starting to, you know, get into that part of their life mm-hmm. or maybe considering getting married or just getting there. She just does strong Christian um, and just made so many great uh, points just about mm-hmm. life in mm-hmm. general. So yeah. Love Lives is is the name of the book. And for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would definitely just... Just and just read that one. I read it actually, so I could promote it to my daughter who's twenty five. But it's it's a great book too. But anything that um, I feel like that you can learn from, that's good information that gets you motivated, that gets you out of your own head. You know, your your self talk can just oh, make yes. or break a day, right? So mm-hmm. when you're having one of those days, I would just recommend to, to get in. You know. Somebody else, you know, get it's a different information. It's it really a is. lifesaver. I mean, for me, if I'm having a bad day, you know, or in a, in a bad uh, season, and it, like you said, you're just getting wrapped around the axle in my own head, being able to be on a podcast, get a podcast, mm-hmm. and, and, and then see or get in a book, and you're like, okay, just Joe, just like you said a second ago, like, oh, this great entrepreneur, this great person that I I, I I like and I respect, they've gone through the exact same struggles. They, I mean, they, on their entrepreneurial journey, they, they hit roadblocks and obstacles, but they just, you know, pivot and adapt and overcome. It just, it helps reframe everything and give you context in life and be like, oh, okay, this is par for the course. I'm, you know, it's a, it's a game changer. Um, so you guys, you, you, you've talked a little bit. I, I love how you've mentioned this multiple times now, dream struggle, victory. We've talked about the dream part, right? So you guys got new information, downloaded a new operating system that opened up all sorts of new opportunities, started dreaming about a, a better future for yourself personally, a better future for your family. You know, wanted to have more uh, ownership over your life. You make the entrepreneurial leap. You're having fun. One thing I know about entrepreneurs, we've all had the struggles. So tell me some, what for me personally, my greatest lessons that I've learned in life have never come from a victory, but they've always come from a struggle. And it just, it, for whatever reason, for me, it's been the most, the best educational experience. Uh, tell me about a, a, a struggle in your life or a, an obstacle that you hit in your life that was something that where you learned a lot. You're like, Bob, this was an extremely important thing that we've been able to learn that's important for all entrepreneurs that you think? Well, the, when I was going through college and everything, I never learned much about money at all, right? Until I got around more personal development, uh, this operating system that we're talking about. And so we had, you know, we built our dream house that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And we were having the cars, of the kids, a beautiful air in the neighborhood and everything like that. But what we were doing, Bob, is we were just spending more money than we were making. And we were making good money. Mm-hmm. But we are just spending more money because we wanted to be like everybody else that were making millions of dollars in our mm-hmm. subdivision. We weren't, mm-hmm. right? And so so what happened to us, we kind of overbuilt, uh, well, I wouldn't say overbuilt our house, but spent a lot of money building our house, had this big house, mm-hmm. then living that lifestyle. And then there was a point where the whole housing market clo- crashed in 2008. I don't know if anybody remembers that. The great financial crisis. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well, we had, we were in, in business, the business we were in at the time was not doing well. Mm-hmm. And then the, then our house went from worth being over worth 1.1 million to down to 500,000 or Less something like that. that. Yeah. Less than that. Oh my gosh. It was ugly. And then the market's money we had in the market was going backwards and mm-hmm. all these things were happening. And there was a time where we almost lost everything mm-hmm. we almost lost everything we uh i just remember sitting at home thinking what are we going to do what are, mm-hmm. you know am I, yeah i don't know what i'm going to do right but i'm an entrepreneur i gotta figure this out and uh so we we decided it was, laura and i started meeting on sunday nights even though we lived together we started talking about things that we were going to per- buy what we could buy what we couldn't buy mm-hmm. and we just tightened things up and uh <laughs> yeah a lot right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we laugh about it now mm-hmm. but at the time we weren't laughing oh, at, no. at about it all. and so and then we were going through all these struggles and clamping things down. But then we realized that I don't need that car. I'm going to pay cash. For, I start paying cash for cars, you know, things like that instead of leasing. When I was at LaPeria, I'd put all these miles on the cars. I had a company car allowance, but I was driving around Lincoln's and brand new cars just beating them up, being turned upside down. And then buying, like Laura, we talk about delayed gratification. We were terrible. We wanted something. We did it. Mm-hmm. We still work really hard on that, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. 
But uh, yeah, so delayed gratification for us, uh, we learned that and got ourselves in a lot better financial position mm -hmm. over a few years of just changing our thinking. And it sounds so easy talking about it now, right? Because you just sort of glaze over that. But when that happened, so with me, one of my big things was security. I just wanted a, a safety net. I, I didn't grow up with one. We moved around. I lived in 18 different homes before I was 18 years old. I lived with a single mom. So most of that time in the welfare system. So when I got married, one of the things that was really important to me was security. Mm -hmm. I wanted a home. I wanted the American dream, right? Mm -hmm. And And so we had always... I had always thought we had that. That's why we worked so hard to have the things. And so I thought that my identity was tied up into, we have a nice house, we have a nice car, my kids will never have to go through some of those struggles that mm -hmm. I had to go through, life is perfect. So when this happened, it's it that safety net all of a sudden wasn't there. One of the, you know, the blessings in my life is I do have a husband that isn't the kind that's going to fold under pressure. That's when he rises. And so for me, it was, thank God, he was going to figure it out. Like there was never going to be a day that he wasn't going to make sure that we were okay. But when he says clamp down, I remember we had kids, we had a great, you know, aged, uh, school-aged kids, mm -hmm. and they were and up until that point, we really didn't have to say no a lot to the sports, to mm -hmm. this. My, our son was traveling hockey, was, you know, football, was our daughter did, you know, anything that she wanted to do as well. And we had, it was the point where, okay, sorry, we're not able to do those sports anymore. We're not able to, um, you know, get, you might not be buying lunch every day. I mean, it, it went, it was very obvious that our life had changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. But not only was that a lesson for us, and not in, in learning how to delay gratification and not living over our means, but it's also a great education for our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they we were raising spoiled brats. I mean, we really were. And and we did not have our priorities. Kids, they love you now. They <laughs> we did not have spoiled. <laughs> we didn't have our priorities in line, right? Our our faith wasn't eh. when we made it to church, we made it. You know, we so we it, it forced us to reevaluate our whole life. And there it was ugly you know there were, I remember um, Joe and I in, in, sitting in the car one time just crying and thinking you know really what the only thing we really own is our dog <laughs> right that we bought a few years before that's God really rest his soul. <laughs> yeah that's it we don't own our we don't own anything you know so it so fortunes change rapidly overnight overnight like a like a massive earthquake just hit and just yeah. shook everything to the ground and at the time I would have said it was the hardest thing that ever happened to us and maybe it was but it was also the best thing that ever happened to us because it forced us to real that reevaluate and really put our priorities where they should be. You know what's funny is we're talking to our kids uh, you know we our kids are adult kids now where they're 27 and 25 and talking to both of them on the phone last week they don't remember any of that. They don't remember any of that all those things we thought we were cutting away from we felt bad that we were doing yeah, this. Yeah. They don't even remember it. They don't remember any of that going on. They just always knew that um, they had they 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 were home. They they had home. They had mom and dad, yeah. right? And that you guys loved each yeah. other and were supporting them, yeah. right? And I shouldn't say they were brats. That was pretty harsh. They were, they were spoiled, yeah. but they weren't necessarily. We brats, love them but. now. We still love them. <laughs> we love, they're good. They're great kids. <laughs> they they subscribe to this podcast, so they will hear this. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it just, it strikes me that you, you uh, they talk about it was not too long ago. I remember there was an article that was written about. Um, uh, American children suffering from affluenza, and right, and it, and it sounds like almost that experience maybe had uh, you know using you know, continuing to play on words of the flu and the affluenza. Maybe that was the flu shot for them, right? Yeah. right? It was the it was exactly what they needed to help put them on a different track so that they could have a different operating system, different world, right? And so it, it, it strikes me because I see where you guys are at right now. You're talking about this tectonic moment in your life where everything was shaken down to the very uh, the, the foundations, and it sounds like you rebuilt a new foundation, a stronger foundation. I have a different view of things and, and did things differently post that. Uh, so, what are some of the things that you know coming out of it? You're like, w w did you were there? Did you guys like make a list of like you know now as we're starting to rebuild, we're going to do this differently, or uh, what were some of those changes that you guys made going forward? several um, but a, 
fine the financially I, I guess on the you know the, the business side it was you know we're we will no longer ever carry credit card debt that mm-hmm. just wasn't going to be a thing for us it was okay to uh, to have a car more than two years mm-hmm. you know we didn't have to have a brand new car at least a brand new car every two years so we I drove in fact I actually warned my my car when I had to turn when I had to turn her in, but a, a car from 2011 to 2018, and that was like the longest I've ever owned a car. But um, just having you know having the kids, having to set goals, goal setting, goal setting was I don't know why, but we really struggled with goal setting. It was just not something we ever did, and so having to you know really sit down and set goals and stick to those and and be okay if we missed them, but work harder mm-hmm. and all of the things that that we had to learn ourselves, we now teach others, you know, mm-hmm. so it was definitely something that had we not gone through it, I don't know that we would be able to be, you know, transparent leaders and help others with wow. some of those struggles. And, you know, for myself, money's one thing, but time is a whole nother thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I was working all those, that's why it's easy for me to get real busy and I can be busy and not even think about how long I've been working on something. But over all those years, working all those hours, now I realize how precious time is. Mm-hmm. You know, my our kids are adults now. It's mm-hmm. Laura and I, right? And and so we're able to, uh, to do the things we want. There's freedom. We're not so hung up on the material things. Mm-hmm. We, we, we love where we live now. Mm-hmm. We live in downtown Milford and we love the idea of going downtown when we want mm-hmm. to see all of our friends and uh, family and everything in that area but we we really relish the time to do mm-hmm. you know to more or less uh, to go where we want like we're in Knoxville Tennessee right now we love this area we just met with some friends for lunch that moved down here from Michigan and it's a blessing to be able to do those things so more time especially as you get older you know uh, as I'm in my mid 50s now Laura's 28 and so <laughs> so we're as we get older my that I'm you know I'm more nervous. I'm more sensitive to that, I guess. Right. And I think other people too uh, are realizing that as our friends and family are. It's what we do now that makes a difference. All the people, all those souls, we really can help in entrepreneurship now. I believe makes a difference. So I think every minute's important to me, like it is you, Laura. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know. And and so I'm all I'm all about learning. Like it's what you do in your time, whether it's learning, helping other people, whatever, and get it off ourselves. That's mm-hmm. a big thing we learned is just getting off ourselves and focus on others. Wow. It, it strikes me that uh, as you're talking about some of the things that you changed moving into the, the, the second stage of maybe like your career, um, and you were talking about like all the, maybe like the, the toys and the status symbols that you guys would were, were chasing in, in, that, in your neighborhood there with all the other people that were doing it. it. It strikes me that in this new economy that's going up around us, that the status symbols have changed. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, it's like you watched the old, uh, the, the 1980s movies, right? And the status symbols were, you know, the watch and the house and the car and the plane and the, you know, the, uh, the Miami Vice Ferrari and all that type of thing. And one of the things that I'm, I notice that uh, in this new economy, uh, health is wealth. Health, health is a status symbol. People who are healthy, that, that is a, that's an indicator of, a, uh, of a, a different type of lifestyle. And also margin. People who have margin have options. And there's nothing better in life than having options and optionality. You guys have specifically created a lifestyle. Um, you know, so having chatted with you, health is extremely important to you guys. You're both of you in, in great health. And you've engineered your life to where you have options. You've got lots of options because you've got margin. And I think that those are two things that I would want the listeners to understand. That in this new economy, the best status symbols out there, health <laughs> health and margin, right? Health and options. So, it, go ahead. One big option that we were able, and I feel, and I think you're absolutely right, I we, we've talked a lot about, you know, just getting rid of the status and not worrying about what people think. But one of the blessings and, and the advantages that we have been able and that mean more to us than anything is to be there for our parents. So shortly after that awful time in 2008 and nine, when we just had to course correct, my mother fell ill with COPD and she moved in with us. I think it was 2012, 13. And we were able to just take care of her Mm -hmm. until she passed in 2018. 
had that been earlier, we would not really have been in a position to do that like we could just be mm -hmm. there 24 seven for her. And then recently, Joe's parents um, were unable. I mean, they, they, they're still self-sufficient, but they lived in a home and they just it was just too much to upkeep. So now they live with us and we're able to, you know, be there for them. So that those are the things right now mm -hmm. that when Joe says when we can give back, we feel like there's no better way to give back mm. than obviously to the people that you love the most right your parents and and, and anyone that that you so that to us is definition of success right yeah. now my parents you know it's it's i learned this when your mom lived with us right and 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 that's a big deal with people as we get older whether you have to make decisions and whether you have the margin to be able to get into a, a long-term care living facility right. or i always my belief is my parents wipe my butt when I couldn't <laughs> yeah. down the road when they can't when they can't I'm going to take that's care Joe's of them job. That's, that's my job okay I'm going to wipe their the point being, yeah. that's why I love it and and you know we they have their own uh, area in uh, half the house is segregated right to them they have an elevator right to their their living area and and I love having a cup of coffee with them and more be able to see them and everything so that's precious to us mm -hmm. that but um, also understanding as we get older you talk about health and margin mm -hmm. health is it you can have all the margin you want but if you don't have good health you're not going to enjoy it right and what i found out is that i feel better if i'm healthier i'm believe me, i'm always working on it i'm mm -hmm. trying to do better but we uh this tying in some great nutraceuticals right with physics md that's helped us uh immensely but having the the margin and and, and really understand help other people have that margin too so you've been intentional on how you've engineered your life so that you can do the things that are important to you. You're living, I've heard people say, you want to live your priorities. And I, I think, so you're sitting here talking about how you want to give back, how you want to help people, how you want to be there for your family, and how your previous lifestyle was engineered in such a way that you would not have been able to live your priorities, and now you are. That's, that's so we, we've talked dream, struggle, victory. I think on the victory side, is where, where it seems like we're segueing into victory, that on the victory side, you guys are there. You guys are like, I've, we've been able to completely re-engineer our lives so that we can live our priorities. We can be there for our family. We can do the right things, have margin. That's awesome. It's got, I can see smiles on both of y'all's faces that you're, you know, you're excited that you're able to do that. We're very excited to be able to do that, but I feel like we're only starting. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy part. I yeah. feel like there's so much more to learn mm -hmm. and there's so many more opportunities opportunities to be able to help and serve and, and everything like that. And I, and I think a lot of people are in the same position that, mm -hmm. that we were and are in, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so we all go through cycles. Yeah. So um, we're, you know, it life changes. That's one thing for sure. Time keeps on going. And so uh, as, as your life becomes more precious for me, mm -hmm. I'm speaking for myself, I'm sure Laura too, but it becomes more precious. And back when I was in my 20s, I didn't really, I didn't think about the future. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking more about that now than ever. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you don't realize how fast that that future gets here. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a blink, right? The days are long, but the years are short. Mm -hmm. So, we are now seeing that. But I, um, we recently I've just sort of been uh, putting together a talk, and it's about like looking. If you stepped outside your life and looked in, would you be the hero or heroine in your own movie? Right? Mm -hmm. Would people be cheering you on because you've been able to get through some of those tough victories, or would you be? a bystander just mm -hmm. somebody watching so i think that you know when all is said and done and we look back at our lives i think we'll be able to cheer on knowing that yeah we hit some pretty significant obstacles um several points and i'm sure we will again mm -hmm. but we now have the skills and we have the in, um the community of like-minded people that we are that honestly we haven't touched on that a lot but had it not been for the community of people that we tied into and that was another big mm -hmm. change for us because mm -hmm. we did lose some friends in mm -hmm. this sexy world because we weren't able we chose not to do some of the things that we were doing mm -hmm. before some of the lifestyle so but the community the people that we are tied into I, have just been a godsend and they it i don't it truly is an incredible blessing to have um, a community of people that cheer you on that love you that uh, are there for you that want what's best they have mm -hmm. your best interest and it and it's back and forth yeah. right you give it back so i think 
um, that is a huge success in life as well to, to know that you have a, uh, a foundation of friends and mentors and teammates that you can count on and that you know under no circumstances will have your back. Mm. It, so- it sounds like, um, well, in, in life, you can try to be an island under yourself, be isolated. And I think that's a very lonely place to go. I know people who do that. Be like, I'm, a, I'm my own man. I don't need anybody, you know, and just kind of, and it's like, you can, it's just sad. It's a, right. Uh, there's no such thing as a, a self-made man. Right. And then you can also then take a look at people like, okay, I understand that community is important, but they plug into the wrong communities. They get like, we tell, we warn our kids as they're growing up, Hey, you will become who you associate with. If you associate with the wrong crowd, you can get, you know, taken down the wrong path and it's not going to lead to a good destination. So there's bad, you know, communities and associations. And you found that associating with the right people, with the right community, a positive community that loves you, that supports you, that will encourage you, uh, help you through those times of trial. And then vice versa, it's, it's all about paying it back, right? So when, you, when you're strong and healthy, you're able to do that for other people. Um, Joe, you have any thoughts on that in community? I know you're a big community guy. You're, you're, you're one of the best community builders I've ever seen. People, like, you're, like magnetic, people want to be around you because of who you are and how you inspire and motivate them. I, you know, I love being around communities of people and I love being around positive communities of people. I don't like being by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I, I don't even like sleeping because I'm by myself. And so, not, no, I'm, I mean, by myself when I'm asleep. I mean, <laughs> but the association is everything. And this Bonvera community is second to none. I mean, we wouldn't, we feel, Bob, you, your wife, your family, everybody we're in partnership here with uh, at Bonvera, we truly believe it is our family. And uh, we all have our blood families, but we also have, if you're going to spend a lot of time like we do together and everything, you got to know love and trust those folks and the associations everything I, I truly believe this association has kept our marriage together we never had problem we were never perfect we mm-hmm. still don't have a perfect marriage but i really believe this community of people like-minded people have have made our marriage stronger and then i think that's a good thing for our kids to see for america mm-hmm. to see um, but getting around a strong positive community is very important yeah that's awesome well tell me a little bit about you you guys mentioned earlier how important um, goal setting was, and that was something that you really started doing. And I, I, and I know that I've, I've heard some of your goals, but I want you to be able to share some of the, the goals that you guys have uh, with our, our listeners. One of my favorite questions uh, to ask people who have been on the, the podcast, be like, okay, what's an epic location somewhere around, uh, uh, you know, that you want to go that you haven't been, but you just can't wait. So, um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about that. I know travel's big for you guys. Are you, hey, f- former Northwest Airlines, you guys, so now, okay, where, so where are we going? Where, where's an epic location? Well, for me, uh, I, I, Laura and I are pretty much on the same page. We, we love going anywhere we can be together, but but the, just to have that, that big, hairy thing out there, mm-hmm. the BVI Island you and I dream about and talk about, our own villa down there. Uh, I'm talking and getting on our own plane to get down mm-hmm. there, whether it's my plane by myself, whether it's our plane together, yeah. whether it's a corporate plane, whatever. To be able to fly around like that and leave when you want and don't have to get up at 0600 to go to oh, yeah. catch a flight. Stand in security with TSA and oh, everything yeah, else. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your guns with you right down. They're all with it. I love it. And so we don't have to do it and the freedom to be able to do that but what's and and we've we've all been to a lot of warm places and everything mm-hmm. but the, the the smell of the water the smell of the air the freedom but not only for ourselves but for the rest of our association mm-hmm. not just our being around our friends and family to be able to do that to be i thought about this just the other night things i mean if we we have our own corporate jet our own personal jet, whatever it is we have that plane so you call two or three of your best mm-hmm. buds there in business with you, your family it doesn't matter who mm-hmm. and say listen we're our pilot's going to be there at 10 30 in the morning let's go we're going to go down on bvi islands mm-hmm. we're just going to hang out leave your phones on the plane they won't work down there anyway yeah, that's right. right and we're going to have a whole a whole bunch of fun what about you laura absolutely well Believe it or not, even working uh, at Northwest and having the flight benefits that we have, I've never traveled internationally. I, as far I've been to the Caribbean, yeah. uh, you know, Hawaii. Obviously, I know that's not international, but um, I definitely want to 
see go international. I would love to go. I know we will be going to Australia mm -hmm. or New Zealand and see the coral reef mm -hmm. and go to the south of uh, France and in Italy. I know Joe was uh, able to take his father, mm -hmm. which was awesome, you know, for them. But I'd like to go. You know, let me take you two as we yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be next. Yeah, but um, yeah, she better be next, Joe. Yeah, she's looking at you. Uh, and next. my kids, I think. yeah, and our kids, and you know, hopefully, eventually, our grandkids. Just to yeah. be able to have, you know, if we want to take our future grandchildren, let's just you know pack them up and let's go to Disney for a day or mm -hmm. whatever. You know, I just we have always loved to travel, so. Some of those places that we haven't been, I would just love to go and check out and take your time, you know, and just have those experiences. It's it's the experience as well as the place, right? So that's where that's on our list of places to go and things to do. Well, it makes it so much more special when you're doing it with uh, friends and family and people that you you love. You know, when I was in the military, I got to travel to some really interesting destinations around the globe. But a lot of times, if it was just me by myself, I was always thinking, man, I wish my wife could be here. I wish my kids could be here. Because it's it, it's nice to take a picture, but it's not the same when um, when you're by yourself than when you have like your your wife and your family and you're seeing them enjoy it. You're, you're having fun with them in those locations. And so that's, I know, uh, we were just down on a corporate retreat uh, down in Florida not too long ago, and we were sitting around a fire one night. And we were all talking about you know the the, the friends and the family and the places that we were going to go and the, the, the things that we were looking to do in you know this this coming year and just right around the corner. And it was interesting. Everybody was talking about. Um, the people that they couldn't wait to bring with them. Nobody was like, I can't wait to go do this for me. It was like, I can't wait for my wife or my children to see this. I can't wait for my, um, my, my friends to be able to come along. It was just, it was really cool conversations. Right. Yeah, those places would be nice, but like you said, it'd be lonely by yourself, yeah. right? It's, yeah. And so, but it's going to be fun. And, and Bob, you know, it's always inspired me too. Laura talks about internationally. Now, with the way mm -hmm. the the world is right now, those are you know maybe not in the soon future, but down there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was a little nervous. It's a little, I'm a little nervous flying internationally <laughs> right, right now. now, but but you've been to a lot of places all over the world, and every time I hear you talk about all these different places, and I know we've talked about South Africa before, going mm -hmm. out there and everything, that, stuff like that, yeah. stinking fires giving me up, back. and yeah, give. Back. Going on a mission trip. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so excited to do that. I know we had talked about doing that last year and things happened and we couldn't, but that's definitely one of the priorities mm -hmm. that I would love to do. And and, and Lauren Atkins uh, is the author of the book okay. that I was referencing earlier, and she actually they adopted uh, a baby girl out of Uganda. Mm -hmm. And just the programs that are available. Like, we don't I would, to adopt a baby girl. Well, you never know. If we go over there, you never know. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, just to be able to go and do something mm -hmm. like that, that, you know, to me is everything. And to be able to introduce that to your kids, you mm -hmm. know, when they're older, to get, you know, let them see just how privileged and blessed that they are and just to go and, and give back and, you know, help in any way right. you can. Well, it's, I mean, that's right around the corner. We've been supporting um, – sustainable agriculture in South Africa and in Zimbabwe and in Malawi. And there's a big conference in Harare, uh, Zimbabwe, even early 2021. And we've already, we've got a couple people who are considering going and to be able to go over their boots on the ground, see it firsthand. And yeah, I, I can't wait for a group of us to be able to go together as a team and be able to see it and uh, see the people that we're, we're supporting over there. It's just, it's life, it's life changing. I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I guess before we uh, sign off for the afternoon, uh, maybe one, one last question. Are there any um, any parting comments that you would give to uh, someone who's young in their entrepreneurial journey? Maybe someone who's like on the, on the fence. They're thinking about it. I was like, I've always wanted to kind of be an entrepreneur, but man, I'm a little bit scared. I don't know if I don't have the, the training or I don't feel like I've got you know the expertise to do it. Man, that's going to be a scary leap. Is there... Anything that you would say to somebody who's considering it, and but just maybe holding back ever so slightly. Yeah, well, for for me to be, an, I I wish I would have been an entrepreneur earlier in my mm -hmm. life. Um, a lot of times we take the easy way when we're earlier. I just mm -hmm. read this book called Hard Easy. I just love, and uh, you know, a lot of people take the easy way out, and life gets harder. And I truly believe being an entrepreneur is not hard. It's different. Right, mm -hmm. but uh, many people think well, that that's hard. But I think by starting earlier, being an entrepreneur, you have a lot more energy. Mm -hmm. You have a lot. You can learn a lot more. Your bandwidth is 
even uh, bigger, right, mm-hmm. is learning more. And tie, really grab somebody that's done what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. If you want to uh, be in the pizza business, don't go after somebody that's in, in farm equipment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you want to ch- chase after and, and get information from people who are doing the same thing that you are doing. But uh, it's worth it. Think about it. The, there's no retirements out there anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no pensions like there used to be. Everything's changing. So the only security we're all going to have as we get older is develop our own pension, developing our own future, our own retirement. Mm-hmm. That's great. I would say that if God has put it in front of you, then do it. If there's anything that we have learned this year is that the rug can be yanked out from underneath of you at any given moment, right? Mm-hmm. That that switch flips. So if you have an opportunity that you have been presented with that can give you, and it may not happen overnight, and you're going to have to have a thick skin, and you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone, but do it. Just say yes, as you know, Bob Goff talks about. Yeah. Just say yes, because who knows if you'll get that opportunity again. And if you have that chance to go out there and be your own boss and live your own life and you know define that your priorities then I would say don't think twice. Just mm-hmm. grab on, get the help you need to do, get the help you need, and mm-hmm. just go for it. Well, with that said, folks, I don't, I don't think I could sum it up any better than that. We've been listening this afternoon to Joe and Laura D'Arcangelo from the great state of Michigan, career entrepreneurs who were started in corporate America, saw the writing on the wall, saw things that were going on and wanted to take control of their life, wanted to download a different operating system that opened up new possibilities, new opportunities. Yes, they had obstacles. Yes, they've had uh, to pivot and iterate along in their career, but the journey has been worth it. The journey has been exciting. They've learned a lot. They, Joe is a completely different person as I'm looking at him here and I'm, I'm, and I, and I'm hearing the things that you said earlier, Joe, about you working in corporate America and browbeating people and calling people cockroaches. <laughs> cockroaches, are you kidding me? I can't even, I can't even believe, imagine those words coming out of your mouth because you're like the biggest teddy bear I've ever met. Everyone I know loves you, respects you. What an incredible couple. You guys have been dear friends of mine. And uh, for those that are uh, listening, what an amazing entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I hope that you've been motivated and inspired uh, by the the nuggets and the wisdom that have been shared with you this afternoon. Uh, Tune in next time. We will continue to have uh, great leaders and thought leaders like Joe and Laura D'Arcangelo on this program. Uh, Our hope and our goal is to be able to inspire you, uh, to help you be able to see maybe a different pathway in your life, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. uh, If you want to change, if you want a different outcome, 100% you can have it and it's 100% up to you. You've got to make the decision. Uh, One of my favorite quotes is, this is not a Disney movie. There's nobody that's going to come riding to your rescue. Uh, In this life, you're going to have to do it on your own. But guess what? Partner up with people who have been there and done it. Get a great mentor, a great coach. Learn, read. Anyone can do it. We hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Bob Dickey, signing off on Taking the Leap Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Taking the Leap Podcast with your host, Bob Dickey. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at www.takingtheleappodcast.com and bonvera.rocks. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Taking the Leap. 